Hey everyone, this is Gavin Hammer from Sendable. And today I'm joined by Adam Fairhead from Fairhead Creative. Thanks for joining us, Adam. No pleasure. Great to have you on, uh, on the show this week. Obviously, I've come across your book. I know you have quite a strong mission to help difference makers make a difference. So maybe for those who don't know you, could you share a bit about your background? Yeah, happy to. Well, I run a, a, a small team. Uh, we help companies communicate better. We help them stand out, sell better, make more of an impact using uh, communication, marketing, strategy, things like that. Personally, I, I, I've always been interested in selling things, making things and selling things, making things that feel as though um, uh, it's going to make a, a meaningful impact in some way or another. And I, I, I found myself in this, pa- in this space really as, a, as an extension of the opportunity the marketplace has made available to us, that of... It is, the, uh, it is the marketplace that is giving us the best opportunity to create an impact. So how can we empower companies with a message worth sharing to share that message effectively? How can we help them better articulate themselves? How can we help them communicate uh, more viscerally, more emotively, more powerfully, uh, so that they can create more leverage for, for the work that they're doing? So I know in your, in your book, uh, Marketing Isn't About You, you've kind of identified a shift what is, it that, what is the shift that you're seeing in the world right now? Uh, well, the, the shift is that consumers are becoming increasingly intolerant to businesses without a cause. Um, and we, we're seeing this real-time play out at the moment. It's, it's something that sounded like a good idea three or four years ago. It's a good idea now, and it'll be obvious in another three years' time as the, as the timeline presents itself at the moment. We used to operate from a place where if it, was a good, if it was a good value, if it was good quality, we were into it. Now we wear our hearts on our sleeves, we wear our hearts on our heads, we wear our hearts on our, on our, our pants. We wear our hearts, period, right? Um, we want to buy things, we want to consume in a way which represents who we are as people, not necessarily how much we've got in our bank account or any other such thing as it used to be. That is the increasing trend. Uh, and overlaid onto the fact that as we're seeing increasingly now, um, you know, US, UK, the, the decisions that are being made um, politically, we can, be, we can be fairly confident that the governing bodies aren't going to solve the major problems. They aren't going to make the world better. Uh, but social entrepreneurship in its rise is an opportunity to do business well and to do good at the same time. So that's really, that's sort of the apex as we're at it now, of converging between those two things of social entrepreneurship, of having a message worth sharing, taking responsibility for a problem, and then meeting, uh, meeting that with an increased uh, interest, demand, desire from the market to wear their cause, wear their vision, wear their beliefs. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. This is the new economy. Um, and businesses would all do well to, to take advantage. I suspect when they all started business, they wished it were this way, right? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's how it is now. So congratulations, everybody. <laughs> Let's do something about it, right? And was there any one thing that kind of started you off on this journey or <coughs> took you to this realization? Well, I, I found, um, rewind a while, I can remember that I was, I was working on on various different projects, you know, the, the online marketing world, creating uh, meaningful, effective designs and copywriting and strategies and things like that. Um, that was all something that, that I found I was, um, 
I was pretty good at. However, I did uh, wrestle with the, with the challenge of wanting to do something that felt like it mattered, if, if you know what I mean. Something mm-hmm. that's, that, that we get to look back on our lives and say, I'm glad I did that. That led me to exploring some ministry work, doing some work in ministry, trying to find a, a way of applying uh, the skills that I had uh, to something that is perhaps more meaningful, something greater meaning in it. You know, the, the, the business thing was relatively straightforward, you know, passive income. And um, that led me to believe that actually there's, that's perhaps too far in the other way. Now we're, we're only making an impact for a small body of people in a small community who believe certain things. We aren't necessarily able to make the, um, the amount of geometric difference that I believe that the marketplace, our, our era is affording to us. So I, that led me to resolving that the marketplace has in and of itself right now an opportunity for us to make change. And so that's, that's what led me to starting the, the company. It's what led me to, um, particularly once I'd learned about problems in the world, uh, such as uh, human trafficking, sex slavery, the nuance, uh, the intricacy, the depth of, of these problems that, that are prevalent and have stayed prevalent and show no signs of stopping. Um, you know, second biggest uh, crime in the world behind the drug trade, fastest growing crime period. Crazy. Um, so when we started the company, we were able to say, right, we're going to tie this a company toward funding the fight against human trafficking. So we're doing good work for others. And in turn, we get to do good work ourselves. So there's a, a, a compound mm. impact being made. And we, we can all do this. You know, it's, if we don't, then who is, is the prevailing question that we left with isn't it yeah um so so do you believe that any company can have a cause or do you think it has to align with sort of a social social need i think any any company you know with with the greatest of respect if there is something in the world that pisses you off take responsibility for it and do something about it we can all do that Mm. you know a particular community uh, any body of people, any any prevailing problem, or extends to a, um, uh, a narrow a narrow few that, that you know intimately, we can use the, the leverage and the opportunity of the marketplace to to make a difference. The biggest challenge, it seems, is in that of, aside from funding, is the ability to get your message out effectively, which is of course something that you know intimately with Sendable um, mm. is is to is to help equip companies to better create leverage around their message around what it is that they want to share with the world that, that apex is really powerful yeah i guess um, i've realized that people don't really care what you do anymore it's really about why you do it you know that that's the that's the, the key thing here really you know is how can you articulate why you're doing what you do yeah and and it runs deep for people why you do it there's a shared but i, I like to quip that because uh, my wife is vegan, uh, say if you know if we're walking down the street and we spot another vegan, and you know it's another vegan, instant report, bang! Yeah. Other friends, you know, <laughs> you don't know who they or their name is, but you know you've got that connection. Yeah, and that's it. That shared belief system creates such rapport so quickly, and that can be done walking down the street, using social media, and any means of connecting with people. People are people wherever you look, aren't they? So mm-hmm. that. That shared belief of common why that is shared within a company, is shared within the audience that you serve, it, 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 there's, there's no sense not sharing it. With the shift that you've identified, I mean, have you seen that with the, the impact of social media, 
people are seeking authentic relationships, like more human connections. Um, I guess after Cambridge Analytica and all the fake news issues, are you seeing a trend towards going back to what's real and what's authentic? I think we're gasping for it, aren't we? <laughs> if you go on Instagram and everything is polished and pruned and perfect, that doesn't give you an inferiority complex. <laughs> I don't know what will, right? Because you know yeah. your life's not like that. You know? <laughs> um, so there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely room for that. Whenever, whenever somebody shares vulnerability, with, whether it's an individual, whether it's a company, you know, that's something that, that we can rally around. There's a, there's a need here. There's a, there's a problem here. Or I'm suffering with this. I need your help. Whatever it is, always just sharing the journey like you guys do on social media. You share your journey. It's that vulnerability. Is, it, it opens people up. It, it makes you more trustworthy. It makes you more believable. It makes you more real. Because I don't know anybody who's perfect in, in real life. <laughs> right if you were perfect then you'd be the first one <laughs> that i would have met <laughs> exactly so it, it connects it, it creates a connection which really is that's what kind of social networking was supposed to be all about it was mm-hmm. connecting people you know for real so what's what's one thing that sort of uh, marketers can do today um to make the right changes that they need to be in, to be prepared for the for these changes that are coming i think one of the things that i've noticed and there are a few, but I'm picking one, um, that a lot of companies are, are making the mistake about. Um, is it, if they're thinking about their business, they're thinking about their marketing, they're thinking about their advertising, they're thinking, how can I connect with more people? How can I get more people uh, to be endeared or impassioned with my brand, to, to click on my stuff? We always go to a notebook and we always start to write things down about ourselves, about what we have, about what we want people to do. It's all we, 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 we all the way home. And the thing that we forget is that it's not about us. That's why, we, you know, the book that, that, we, that we released uh, recent, fairly recently was called Marketing Isn't About You. Because it isn't. <laughs> if somebody goes to your webpage, they aren't going, unless it's your mother visiting, mm-hmm. they aren't going just to bask in your own majesty. <laughs> They're going yeah. to try and solve the problem. They're hurting. You know, you don't go to the doctors because you once wanted to see how Jeff was doing. You went because, you know, you got an ingrown toenail or something and you need some help with it. To remember who we're marketing for, not to, but as, as an act of service to people. Who are we talking to? What are we saying to them? These are the questions we should be asking ourselves more than how can I coerce somebody to opt into my thing? So, I mean, last week I met with a friend who runs his own business and he's not really a marketer but he was looking for a way to grow his business and start playing around with Facebook ads, Google ads, that kind of thing. Now I try to explain to him that, you know, people don't care what you do. They, they care about why you do it and storytelling is the future and that's the key, but he needs a, a quick result. Is there still a place for advertising? Like what, what would you say to sort of small business owners about the future of marketing and, and what they should be doing? In terms of running advertising and things? Yeah, advertising versus like the, the, the long-term play of building an audience and building a strong brand. How do you explain the value of building a long-term brand versus advertising and getting, getting quick results? It might not be a long-term you know, solution. Yeah, I think that they're converging if we want to do something that lasts. You know, we can always try and learn what the tricks and the hacks and the secrets are. We can pursue those all day try them until they stop working and then pay for another $47 course to find out what the next one is. But that freneticism is, is going against the grain of the way that we operate human psychology. 
uh, and the platforms that are making those audiences available to us. Convergence seems that being able to focus on people, what it is that they need, empathizing with them and helping them move forward. If that is at least a part of our formula for advertising or marketing, just making it about them and solving people's problems, helping them where it hurts, then that's going to get us a lot more things sustainable fashion and you know with a better cost per click frankly than you know buy now limited time offer ends in 24 hours or you know six seconds or whatever the, the latest recipe is uh, could ever do for us that's a good point um yeah i guess the the way i explained it to him was that there's a bit of a contradiction on social media because you have social networks that are trying to make money by optimizing the algorithm to keep you in the newsfeed and then mm-hmm. marketers kind of putting ads in there to drive people away from the, from the news feeds. There's a recipe for disaster that's about to occur. You know, you've got people putting ads into the news feed, driving you away, and the algorithms are designed to keep you in. So I think uh, the sooner we realize that social media and, um, you know, it's all about building brand, I think it's yeah. better. And uh, it's more of a long-term play. Because, I mean, me personally, I hardly see any ads anywhere. You know, I, I've, I learned how to ignore sort of Facebook ads, Google ads. Mm-hmm. People have ad blockers running. So in my yeah. mind, I think the only solution really is to be authentic and, and tell uh, authentic real stories and share problems and how you can solve them, you know. So it's a little bit like paying taxes in a way, in that if you do things that the government doesn't want you to do, like hoard your money and don't spend and reinvest it into the marketplace, you get taxed. They take some of it. You lose. Whereas if you do things that the government wants you to do, such as to reinvest into the marketplace, to create jobs for others, things like that, suddenly taxes start going away, right? If you, if you, if you know where the current is flowing and you're able to leverage that for the good of your business and for those that you want to serve, then you know, you're going to be better off for it. You, you could try and swim against the current, but it's hard work and it's no fun. You're going to tire. It's not going to work long term. That's a really good analogy. That's fun. So in this new world, what are some ways that sort of marketers and business owners can craft a narrative that kind of builds a brand? They need to know who they're talking to. They need to know what to say to them. We find anyway, those are the two big pieces for being able to fully and effectively articulate a narrative. We have spent so much time on those two steps that we've created dedicated coaching sessions for clients to go through. Uh, or for agency partners to put their clients through under the compliments of their brand, where we spend time going through a, a whole curriculum of extracting all the information we would need to know about a target audience, uh, how they feel, how they think, their objectives, the company's objectives, reverse engineering one into the other, uh, creating some um, some really clear methodologies to communicate to those people, what kind of language vernacular we should be using, what register they speak in, all of that stuff. Um, and then on the application side of things, going through a narrative structure of how do we uh, interrupt them and disarm bio defenses? How do we clearly articulate what we're doing? What is the problem as they perceive it? How do they feel about that? What does that prevent them from being able to do? Uh, how, what is their perspective of the, the desired solution on the other side? How do we, does it make them feel in their mind's eye to be in that place where they're free of? What are they enabled to, to do consequently? What is the bridge between those two worlds that the company can extend to them if they're interested? What is the mission behind it? What, what is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a, there's a structure uh, that, we, that we guide people through. And having, I think that the two, the two things are, one, having a structure uh, and knowing the structure of an effective story and guiding somebody through that. 
uh, can be immensely powerful, both for the agency as they go about creating content over time for the business and for the, what the business's website and when they're on uh, interviews, podcasts, stage, joint ventures, uh, direct mail, it cascades into everything, permeates everything that they do, uh, which can be really powerful. Certainly being able to extract that information from the, from the company and extend it uh, to all of the marketing messaging, really, really powerful stuff. And I guess one problem that our, our agency customers face, it's, it's a fairly common problem, is how can you actually source those, those stories and those pieces of content that you can, you can put together? Is there any, any techniques around sourcing content from your clients that you can share? Yeah, we have two. Uh, the first is that when those conversations start, a business that has been in business for any length of time knows a lot about their customers. They just don't know how to get it out of their heads and into an actionable format. So they have to often go through not so much a discovery process as an organization process. They're organizing what they already know. Oftentimes things they didn't know that they knew, but nevertheless it was trapped in there and it can be tapped and leveraged uh, with, with the right um, manner of probing questions. On the back of that, another way that we like to use for refining the message uh, rather than defining the message is that of being able to organize customers and clients by stage of relationship. So are they brand new relationship? You know, they, they have appropriate names throughout the, the process of, you know, through from brand new. Uh, you know, I'm not sure we're in a selection trial process. We don't know if you're going to keep your promise yet all the way through to uh, raving fans, evangelists, you know, people who, who scream your name from the rooftops. Getting on the phone with them asking them the same sorts of questions, narrative-wise, as we ask the business owner over time, learning from them. When you had this problem, how did that feel for you? Tell me more about that. What, 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 what did that prevent you from being able to do consequently? What did that make life look like for you? What did you imagine the solution was going to look like when you started looking for it? How would you describe that solution, et cetera, et cetera? There are macro-level tools such as you know, A-B testing and all that stuff that we can do at scale of course, but the micro stuff of just talking to people, <laughs> this, mm. this ancient concept, <laughs> um, we find to be really insightful, um, just spending some time with the companies. And um, yes, I know, obviously, you mentioned um, in the notes before the, uh, the interview that you like to read a lot. What would you say has informed your thinking over the years? Is there any, anyone that's been a, a major factor in your life that's has helped you on this journey or... Anything authors, share with the audience. Authors, yeah, yeah, um, loads of authors. Um, we've got, um, we've got people like Seth Godin, of course, who we'll all know. He quipped once that he doesn't write every day because he has good ideas. He said that he had good ideas because he wrote every day. So he uh, and that quote motivated me to write every day, uh, to create podcasts every day, to create a lot of content to help me clarify my thinking and to help extend uh, those ideas, those insights, those beliefs to those that we serve, we're either as clients or as partners. We've got um, some wonderful titles like Blue Ocean Strategy, which, which are, of course, help, really helpful for helping companies to identify by way of a value matrix, um, where they stand out, where they stand apart, and really valuable information to weave into an effective narrative. Uh, we've got uh, Jonah Berger, Contagious, great book there. We've got uh, Robert Cialdini uh, of Persuasion, also really good information there. There's, 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 load, there's loads of 
read more. <laughs> there's loads of, there's loads of, you know, people, people put their life's work into a couple of hundred pages that you can eat over a weekend. We could do a podcast where I'm just listing the books. Titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same as you. I read, I read probably a book every, every few weeks, but I, I read, I read five books at once. So I have, I have audio books. I have a Kindle, I have physical books. Okay. My, my, my trick is to always read the last few paragraphs of each chapter to get the gist. Okay. And then go yeah. back to the beginning and then go deeper. So you can okay. kind of get the gist of each, each chapter of a business book by reading That's the end brilliant. and then kind of going back to the beginning. I have a reading, picture in my mind's eye of, uh, of Johnny <laughs> Five from Short Circuit going through books, you know, three books, five books at once. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, is there anything that you know now that you wish you could have told your 20-year-old self? I was under the impression that in order to do business effectively, being vulnerable is bad. You need to be put together. You need to know what you're talking about. Yeah, particularly as 20, you know, you're just getting over the whole world of being stigmatized in your, from your teens <laughs> as, yeah. as, you know, being a young ankle biter that doesn't know what they're talking about. You have to be put together. You need to know all the answers you need to. Um, if you have a, you know, a, a wonderfully um, furry, fluffy mission, that that's lovely, but that's something you can think about when all of your bank accounts are full. Um, the, these sorts of things that we're, that we're led to believe from the old economy, from the old way of, of, of perhaps doing business, it's all wrong now. Don't be all put together. Be a human being that people can connect with because businesses don't do business. As we all know, people do business with people. Mm. Um, you know, share the journey. If there's a mission, if there's a reason for you being in business, that is something that's going to connect you with so many other people, many of which will be in your target market. It, these are all things that we, we kind of need to unlearn after having learned, right? And, and, and you know, go back to the heart of why we would want to make, take responsibility for a problem, why we would want to make a difference in the marketplace. The fact that we are learning is, is an asset to us rather than something which should be perceived as, as a drawback. Uh, and just to end off, obviously we have a lot of sort of small business owners listening in as well. And uh, they, they want to know how they can stand out in, you know, in a noisy world. What's the one thing they can do tomorrow? What's the first thing they should do if they want to make a change and build a brand that makes an impact on the world and uh, stands out? They need to remember it's not about them. Every time that they forget that, they're going to experience pain. The more they remember that and express that and commit to that in their marketing, in their operations, in their, in their retention, in all facets of business, the more they're going to experience an uptick in response, in advocacy, in evangelism from their audience. People are going to be more endeared by their message. They're going to connect more readily. It's, it's going to do them a world of good. And just to end off, obviously, I know you, as I mentioned, you have the book. Where's the best place for people to find the book? And uh, how can they follow your journey online? Sure. Well, book, you can look it up on Amazon. It's Marketing Isn't About You. Uh, or you can just go to marketingisntaboutyou.com and it'll be there as well. If you want to find me, you can find me uh, at fairhead.net. That's our, our umbrella domain. We've got fairheadcreative.com for our agency. adamfairhead.com is my personal site for my blogging, musings, podcasts, things of that nature. We've got builtforimpact.net, which unpacks our, the way that we tell stories for, for customers and clients. Also services we extend to partners as well if they want to leverage them. We're in lots of places. Look us up. You know, I hope that you'll, um, you'll let me know what you like and what you don't. Get in touch. Um, I'd love to hear from you. 
Cool. Thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. And best of luck in your trip back to the UK. As you mentioned, you're uh, moving away from the US. So, uh, Thank you very much. Hopefully okay. see you in the UK soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that would be lovely. Thanks cool. for having me.